Hey there, friend. How you doing? I hope you're having a good week. Well, here we are. It's August, and so I have a new theme for the month. Last month's theme was being used by God, and this month we're going to be talking about a new theme, and that theme is kingdom. Thinking about kingdoms. And so I have to start off with asking you this question. Are you the finder in your home? If you are a mom or a wife, I am guessing that you are the finder of lost things. And maybe you've even said this, I think, what's that guy's name? That funny comedian who was like, moms always say, well, it has to be somewhere. And then he's like, what does he say? No, I thought it actually doesn't exist anymore. Well, I have said that. Well, it has to be somewhere. And why do I say that? Usually I say that when I am trying to help someone else find something and they are frustrated and giving up. Like, we're never going to find it, right? And then you say, well, it has to be somewhere, as in, keep looking, keep looking. But why is it? Why is it that the mom and the wife is the finder of all things lost? And as a mom and a wife, here is the, the confession time. I really feel like when I am looking for that item, that the other person has just not really looked at all. They just kind of like, their their head goes, you know, from one side of the room to the other and they go, I can't find it. Instead of like walking around, picking things up, looking under things, opening drawers, looking, you know, in the car, looking in all of the places. And then, you know, you find it, right? Usually my trick is I start cleaning up wherever room we're looking in and then I find the item. But I do have to admit, it, it was about a week and a half ago, I could not find my mom's checkbook. And I, you know, I uh, take care of my mom's bills and things, so I needed her checkbook. Could not find that darn checkbook anywhere, and I looked everywhere. Well, guess what? Just yesterday, I was cleaning up because the kids are coming to stay, and um, I moved these boxes that were in one of the guest rooms. Moved the box right there under the box. There was the checkbook. I finally found it. I was so happy. But anyway, my point is that if you're the finder in the family, you are able to find things because you put effort into it. You put effort into looking around for that item or even just thinking about where did we last put it. It takes effort. It takes effort to find things, to seek things. And why am I starting there? Because as I start to look at this theme of kingdom and what does the Bible say about kingdom? I'm starting off with that very famous verse, seek, 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 seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek, look for, put effort into searching for the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to ponder today. Just in case you're wondering, you are listening to the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. And I'm so glad that you're taking the time to listen along with me today. I truly pray that God will speak to your heart and encourage you and refresh you as we ponder his word together. Okay, so here we go, talking about kingdom. And this is one of those verses I feel like we hear it all the time, you see it on little signs all the time, but what if we actually slow down and ask, 
What does that even mean? What does it even mean to seek ye first the kingdom of God? Here's the actual passage from Matthew 6, Jesus talking in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then here's the verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It sounds so good, right? Seek ye first his kingdom, the kingdom of God. Kingdom. Seek his kingdom, Jesus said. Instead of seeking the riches of the world or pursuing success by all of the world's definitions, you know, popularity, wealth, fame, possessions, the right clothes, accomplishments, instead of all of that, instead of seeking to be the best in a sport or an ideal weight or to even seeking to find an ideal boyfriend or girlfriend, we are to seek the kingdom of God. So, the first question I think of is how? How do we seek this kingdom? And why do we need to look for it? Clearly, it's not referring to salvation. Did you ever think about that when it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God? It can't be talking about salvation because we receive eternal life through faith. We don't work for it at all. We don't need to pursue it. Trust God and believe him, right? That's what grace is. That's how we receive salvation. So it's not finding salvation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What are we seeking? What does it mean to be pursuing the kingdom of God? Well, I've been thinking about it, and I've found a few things. Number one, it means to repent. In Matthew 4, it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So repent of any other masters, of any other pursuing, you know, that we have. You know, I was thinking recently about this. Not just, I mean, obviously, yes, we're to repent of our sin um, and turn to Christ. But I was also thinking about this in just a slightly different way. I forget what made me think of it, but I was hearing a podcast, I think, that was talking about uh, marriage vows and I was just thinking about how, you know, what we say in our marriage vows. You know, the classic marriage vows are for richer, for poorer, for in sickness and in health, you know, all that stuff. And also, we say over and over, forsaking all others. Well, we make this vow in marriage, but what about making a vow to God? I mean, here we are, the bride of Christ, and Jesus is the groom. Maybe the kind of repenting we need to do uh, that because the kingdom of God is near and the kind of repenting we need to do in order to seek his kingdom, to make an effort towards his kingdom, would be like making those marriage vows to God, saying, Jesus, I'm with you in richer and poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others. I'm with you. That that is a way to seek the kingdom of God. I don't know. I don't feel like I explained that very well, but I just had this idea in my head that this this expression, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, 
is similar to, you know, repent means to turn away. So it's similar to the way we turn away from all other um, possible romantic relationships and turn towards our future spouse and then make a vow to them to stick with them no matter what and forsake all others. That when we do that with Jesus, that is us seeking his kingdom. And number two is the word in that, in that verse, first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. First things first. And you know, this, this verse is a command. We're encouraged and commanded to do this, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. So it's our choice. It's our choice to pursue and find this kingdom. We're told that if we seek God with all of our hearts, we will find him. So there's this effort involved. And that effort, that makes me think, this doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen, maybe you could say, without risk. Think about the difference between using your phone to, you know, you put the, the address of where you want to go into the phone, and it tells you where to go. The difference between going somewhere with that and no phone and olden days using a map, right? There's a whole different effort involved when you're following a map or a list of directions than when you have put the address in your phone and you're just it's just guiding you and you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to look out the window and see if something looks like what the directions say or are we even going the right way. You just blindly follow the phone, right? Well, I think that's no effort. And this seek ye first the kingdom of God, I think it's more like going through life with a map where you really have to pay attention. So what are some other verses that give us this a clue to what this seek ye first the kingdom of God is? Well, Romans 14 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of, and here's what it, it is, consists of, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. What is it of? But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. That's from Romans 14. So to make our first priority righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And to make every effort toward right living, right relationship with God, that's what righteousness is, to make every effort towards peace with each other, and to make every effort to maintain joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to seek the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. These are the things that matter in God's kingdom. But what about this word kingdom? You know, it's kind of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? I mean, it makes me think of castles and princesses and towers and knights in shining armor. And God told us to seek a kingdom. Well, let's just think about kingdoms. Kingdoms have laws and citizens. Kingdoms are ruled by kings. That's why they're kingdoms, right? And when a king rules, they have absolute dominion over their lands. Kings also protect their kingdoms. 
And usually citizens have to swear loyalty to their king, you know, and be ready to defend him, live to serve him. We think of like when a, a guy becomes a knight, they are there to serve their king. And we are seeking a kingdom, looking for it. And here I am, seeking a kingdom. But I don't think it's heaven either. The kingdom of God is a place and a position right here and right now. And it's every place where Jesus rules, where God's law is obeyed and all of the citizens live to serve him. And I am actively pursuing such a place. It takes effort. It takes focus. It's the position of humility and the place of obedience. Here's one way um, someone, some theologian I read described it this way. It's God's redemptive rule and reign. Being governed by his government. Being governed, being ruled by the government of God, by his laws. And you know, this pursuit is our life goal. And all other interests should fall under its banner and be measured by this desire to seek the kingdom of God. So I ask myself, is my home territory for the kingdom of God? Is my marriage a place where Christ is king? And God's kingdom is any place where Christ is king. So God's kingdom could be my horrible workplace, if Christ is king in my heart there, or my commute, or my extended family reunion. These can all be places on the map in the kingdom of God if I just choose to submit to God in those places and with those people. A kingdom of God that is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Are you seeking the kingdom of God? Do you have your map out? Are you paying attention to your surroundings so you don't miss the next turn? Are you seeking the kingdom of God? Maybe it's time to renew your vows and make him your king. Obey his laws and serve for his kingdom purposes today. So we have found, I guess you could say, the kingdom of God when we find the place where Jesus is king of our life, where we're ruled by Christ. Then we found it. <laughs> so what's the effort? The effort, I guess, is the surrender. The surrender to God's rule and God's sovereignty. You know what else is interesting, I think, about this passage? is that the contrast, the contrast between seeking the kingdom of God is worrying. If you go back to Matthew 6, it said, Do not worry then. Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. The Gentiles seek what will they eat, what will they drink, and what will they wear. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. So we're not denying that we need those things, but we're not supposed to worry about them. Then it says, but, so there's the contrast. So one side is worrying about, you know, what we need in life, what we're doing with our life. And then the other side, the contrast to that is seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Those are contrary to each other. 
So how does that make sense? Well, I think like I just said, we find the kingdom when we find the place where Jesus is in charge. When we're worrying, we're not recognizing that God's in charge, that God has it all under control. So we have to put the worry aside and say, I am seeking, I am making an effort, like when something's lost in the house, making an effort to recognize that God is in charge, that I don't need to worry, that I don't need to be afraid, because God is in charge and in control, and I'm going to seek what he says, to be ruled by him, to pursue righteousness, peace, and joy in his Holy Spirit. And he said it in Colossians 2, not Colossians number 2, he said it in Colossians also, in Colossians chapter 3, seek those things that are above, not the things that are below, that are temporal, seek the eternal things. Same thing, right? Put effort into the things that will last, like relationships and love, righteousness, peace, and joy. So another way we need to be ruled by Jesus is to not be ruled by our emotions. Because worrying and being fearful, those are the emotions that they could exist, but we don't let them rule us and govern us. We surrender to Christ ruling and governing us. And that's what it means to be in the place of the kingdom of God. Well, that's a start to our pondering about kingdom. And I hope that in 